Okay, cool. So I guess like any good story, we really have to kind of start at the beginning. And I guess maybe Rich, from your perspective, how did you get involved with the band? Because the band was already there. They were just looking for you. Yeah, so they were looking for a singer. Um, they put out their open casting call for a singer. And I uh, I responded to it just wanting the track, really, to record over for my own personal fun. And they sent me the track, and I heard it, and I was like, man, this is great. But I, I went and I, I took the song and I kind of chopped it up and trimmed some of the fat off of it and sent them back like a whole rearranged version with my vocals on top of it. And when they heard it, I guess they liked it and they, they uh, asked me to come down and, uh, and the rest is history, really. Wow, that's pretty brave of you to, uh, you know, it's not even your song. You're just auditioning on it and you're like, I think it should sound like this and be about this long instead and, and did your own edits on it. That's great, though. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I kind of want to hear songs my way and you know, the way that I kind of want to hear it. And I, I want to sing a certain amount of bars over it. I didn't want to just drone on, you know, for extra bars, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a certain feel I wanted to try to achieve. So I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do this. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But it's basically my part of the songwriting, you know? No, that's great. And, and clearly, I'm sure the guys can speak to it. That, that must have been what they were looking for, like a fully realized singer, like somebody that knows what they want to do. Yeah. Hey, this is David. Absolutely, that what Richard said hits it right on the head. We um, we rehearse in Huntington Beach, and he lives in Valencia, so he's only able to make it down about once a week. So we set up a recording system here at our studio, and we write parts for songs. And sometimes we even find what we see could be a completed song, and then we send it to Richard, and then he usually sometimes he completely rearranges the song, but he chops down all of the different parts to the length to fit his vocals. So that was definitely a big upside when we met Richard. Is that he's uh. He's very compatible with all the recording gear. And ready to go, just like you guys have been a band now Absolutely. for a while, ready to rock. It, it makes it all a lot quicker to get into this. And now we got the two songs recorded now. Anyone want to jump in and talk about, you know, when we might get an album, a full length? Uh, yeah, this is Joe. And uh, we uh, have been working on a lot of tracks, uh, you know, since Rich has actually gotten to the band. And we've... Uh, We've got about 10 or 11 songs. We've got about an album's worth of music right now. Um, we are hoping by the end of 2019 we might have something to go, but we, right now we're just kind of focusing on, on these singles. And, uh, you know, we've got an, another one in the pocket that we could drop a little bit later on in the year if, if, we, if we want to, but um, we just wanted to get the, the first little taste to buy us out right now. Yeah, hey, and this is Rich. We want to kind of come up with like 15 to 20 songs that we can actually cherry pick from. We don't want to write the first 12 and go, hey, here's the album. Right. You know? We kind of want to pick and choose and take our time, get it right. And talk about who you guys are working with, who's producing this album. Hey, this is Chris. Hey, we got uh, Chris Collier, uh, who did the first two singles with us, and we are going to continue to work with them as far as if everything works out right. But yeah, he... Uh, Great guy, really easy to work with, has a great ear. Uh, yeah, uh, more to come. And brag about his resume a little bit. Well, I mean, he's worked with, uh, it, yeah, obviously he's been working with uh, with Corn for a little while. Uh, he's worked with uh, other acts like Prong and put out their album, which was, sounds amazing, KXM, um, Fear Factory, Fear Factory. I, I mean, he, he's kind of the go-to guy in the business right now. Um, dark 
Yeah, Dark Sun uh, was a good local band that we know from L.A. that have been around for a while that we've been playing with. Uh, Chris and I have since Needle Mouth days, and, and their music sounds amazing, too. So, Looking forward to it. And then we have some, some live shows to look forward to as well, right? Well, we have the main show. This is Rich. We got our, uh, our debut show on January 25th at the uh, Schechter After Party on Friday. It's at the Juke Joint. This is Chris. At the Juke Joint in Anaheim, California on Anaheim Boulevard. And it's going to be free if you have your NAM badge or $10 if not. How long of a set are you guys going to play that night? Probably 45 minutes. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're basically headlining the show, so we, we've got a pretty full set. Um, I think we're playing like seven or eight songs that night and uh, have a good time. There's a lot of other good bands that are on the bill with us um, that are also Schechter artists, and we're looking forward to playing with all those guys. Any covers, or is it going to be all the all the bias music? All bias. Like, awesome. All bias music. We, we might throw a little something something in there. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and uh, Rich, let me grab you for a second and and uh, ask you since we're kind of getting to learn you and and you as a vocalist and and little game I like to play and kind of uh, put bands in a category and make you pick your favorite out of this this bunch of bands and uh, the bands that kind of. Uh, Define 90s rock. I like to call them the Flannel Five. And curious off of this list, who would be your favorite out of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains? Well, I'd have to say that it's a toss up between Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains. But if I had to choose one, got to pick one. I'd have to say uh, Stone Temple Pilots. And why? Well, Scott Weiland is really one of my idol singers, and he really taught me melody when I started learning how to sing his songs. So I have to give him that. Um, what Alice in Chains taught me was was harmony. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots has so many great melodies that it, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And so I gotta I gotta choose them. They definitely, I think, wrote the most hits out of those bands. Pick an STP too. STP, I would say uh, Sex Type Thing. Beautiful. And uh, before we go, David, if I could uh, bug you for a question, if we could fire up the uh, DeLorean and go back to uh, 20 years ago and and one of the biggest albums for you, certainly, and and go back to follow the leader and kind of talk maybe about either the recording and the experience from there or touring behind that album. But thinking back on 20 years ago, what what stands out to you about that time? When we did follow the leader, it was pretty much complete chaos. (laughs) <laughs> every day and every night when we recorded that record at a studio in the valley called NRG. We rented a house in Hollywood. We basically kind of had parties every night after we would be in the studio. And there was a fenced-in backyard when everyone would be drinking beer. We told everyone to throw their, their beer cans off of the balcony of the backyard. <laughs> By the time we were done recording the record to move out of the house, I think the entire backyard was covered in three feet full of beer cans. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, I think one of our crew guys, we actually paid him to go, and he took all the beer cans and re- recycled them and made a bunch of money. And I think, honestly, if I remember correctly, I think in our budget, we, we spent $85,000 on liquor and, and other things. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say. But I think we spent about eighty-five grand on that in the, doing that record just on booze, booze and extra stuff. Entertainment, we'll say. <laughs> How about how about any uh, any stories or interactions like you you got to work with Ice Cube on that and Cheech and Chong? Any stories from the studio with those guys? Uh, I mean, back then our band was still pretty new, so you know when Cheech Marin came in the studio or Ice Cube came in the studio, we were kind of uh, 
you know, kind of a little starstruck because, you know, just just how much NWA had been an influence for me using 808s and those kind of uh, hip hop ish kind of beats in our music. So I think meeting Ice Cube and having him come in um, and work on the record was probably uh, that was a really big deal. Hell yeah, he's my favorite rapper of all time. I th- yeah, he's got a great voice. Yeah, distinctive voice. You know it's him immediately and great lyrics and great writing. How about uh, anything else from the touring uh, cycle of that album or Woodstock or any anything from back in the day touring-wise that stands out to you? Yeah, I remember going on stage in 99 in Woodstock and um, looking out at the crowd. And it, as far as my vision would take me, I could see people until they just disappeared into nothing. There were so, there were so many people. I think it was 275,000. Wow. But they had two sets of sound systems, so... There was a millisecond delay, so when everyone jumped, they jumped in a huge wave, starting at the front <laughs> of the stage, going to the back. And um, I mean, you, you can go on YouTube and, and see the overhead cameras and see all that stuff on on the, online. It's pretty pretty amazing. But being in front of two hundred seventy five thousand people, there was that was probably the biggest rush of it all. Yeah, I bet, man. That's that's insane to see it all like in delay like that too. What a trip. Yeah, seeing everyone jump in a wave was pretty crazy. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the time and the stories. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios.